0: Well, hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us uh, at our Bible study at Lighthouse Discipleship, uh, sorry, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. Sorry, I was going to give you our website. Uh, my name's Dave. This is Sherry. Uh, thank you for joining us. We're going through Andrew's book, Don't Limit God, uh, by Andrew Womack. And, uh, anyway, we're in the last chapter now, uh, entitled Imaginations, or Imagination, uh, singular. Anyway, so... Um, Again, uh, since I mentioned it, we do have a website, org. On there we have free Bible classes. We have the recordings of all of our Bible studies and and Sunday morning teachings. Uh, We have a a whole resource of teachings and uh, articles, blogs, whatnot, uh, information, even a place to give those who like supporting our ministry. And We thank you for any who have done that. So, Anyway, we just thank you for joining us today. Uh, We're excited about being here and our study, Don't Limit God, uh, by Andrew Womack, and so we're just excited about this, and uh, uh, thank you for joining us. Feel free to comment below, say hello, where you're from, uh, make a comment, uh, a question about the Bible study of the night, uh, feel free to engage, as well as, uh, feel free to uh, um, just uh uh, give us any prayer requests or whatnot. And, and if it's private, the more private, feel free to reach out to us uh, privately and we will we'll get in touch with you that way. So once you're ready Sherry and we're uh, dialed in, uh we'll go ahead and get started this morning with our reading I Don't Love the God. We're in the last chapter, imagination. And once we're done with this Bible study though let me just throw this footnote and we're gonna be starting a new Bible study on the true nature of God. And uh we're not going to rush through this chapter, so it's still maybe a couple, three weeks even for us to be this chapter, no matter how far we go. We're not. I don't think we're going to finish it tonight. But at the same point in time, uh, we do have, just so you know, we do have plans for another Bible study called The True Nature of God once we're done with this book on the not of God. So anyway, without further ado, uh, Sherry, why don't you go ahead and uh, kick us off.
1: Okay. Imagination. When I first called my staff together to tell them what the Lord had spoken to me, I told them I had an image on the inside of me of what I was capable of doing, and an image on the inside of me what I was incapable of doing. We all have an imag- we all have an image inside of us of what we can do, what we are capable of doing, along with what only God can do through us, what we are incapable of doing. This latter image serves as a ceiling or a limit on what God can do in our lives. We see ourselves a certain way, but we have to change that image if we don't want to limit God. I didn't know how long it would take to change the image of what I was incapable of doing, a week, a month, a year, or even longer, but I was determined to change it and start seeing myself doing what God told me to do. God created you within an imagination and you can't think without it. If I asked how many doors you have in your home, you probably wouldn't be able to answer that right away because you've never counted the number of doors in your house. You don't have this piece of information just filed away in your memory, yet you could count the number of doors in your home using your imagination. You could go through every room in your house and count the number of doors without seeing them with your physical eyes. You could you would engage your imagination to see them.
0: Go ahead, Kimberly.
1: Most of us don't realize how much we use our imaginations, thinking they're just for kids. But we use our imaginations every moment of every day. We couldn't drive to work if we couldn't see how to get there in our minds. We also engage our imaginations when we walk the aisles to make a grocery list from home. We often wrongly believe that using our imaginations is the same as fantasizing, but it isn't. Imagination is defined as the act or power of forming a mental image of something not present to the senses or never before wholly perceived in reality. In other words, imagination is the ability to see something with our minds that we cannot see with our physical eyes. Your imagination is essential. You cannot function without it. For example, you use your imagination when someone asks you for directions and you visualize the route in your mind. If someone asks you how to get to your house from the nearest freeway, you wouldn't have to drive there to give directions. You could picture the roads and guide that person by what you saw in your mind. Your imagination. You could give landmarks along the way along with approximate distances between streets. You are able to do this because you have internalized all of it in your imagination. You are looking at it through your imagination. When it comes to God's direction for our lives, we have to use our imagination to see those things come to pass. Many of us take great comfort in blaming others, our education, our skin color, or our status in life for the, th- for the way things are. We might even blame our background or the fact we were abused as children. Even though we might have a million and one excuses, none of these external things control our lives. Our lives are the way they are today because of the way we have seen them or pictured them in our imaginations. The way we think determines the direction our lives will go.
0: Alright, thank you Sherry, and thank you for joining us. Those of you who have joined us already, we're going through Andrew's book, Don't Limit God. We are in the last chapter uh, talking about imagination and Andrew's just just getting started. Uh, with some introductory uh, points, uh, just talking briefly in general about uh, our imagination, how we function, and how essential it is for us to function. I don't have a lot of uh, commentary or feedback to give here at the beginning, because Andrew's just really setting the stage of our imagination, but just to recap some of it a little bit, you know, we use our imagination every day. We use our imagination to drive, we use our is our imagination to function in life what do we realize we don't realize how much our imagination uh, is very powerful and how we how we depend on it and how we use it all the time and uh, and, 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 and just some functioning just to function in everyday life our normal routines of at home on the job driving things that we do and so our ma- imagination is very powerful in a natural way in a, in a very physical way and so that's all Andrew's doing here at the beginning. They're just saying how uh, essential it is for us in everyday life and how, how he's just trying to for us to connect with our imagination and, and this perspective because we don't really necessarily think about this. We just do it naturally. We do it second, with what I call second nature, you know, uh, but it's just, it just natural for us. We, we've learned to do this all of our lives. And so, anyway, you have something to back on?
1: Uh, Just just an example of Gideon um, in Judges, you know Andrew was talking about how we see ourselves based on what we know we're capable of doing as well as what we know we are not capable of doing which is usually what God thinks we are and knows we're capable of doing. And Gideon, uh, for those who, who don't know this story, uh, you know, Israel was, was being oppressed by the, the Midianites and they would um, uh, you know, raise their crops and the Midianites would come and swoop in and, and take it. So Gideon had to uh, thresh, thresh some uh, wheat, I believe it is. Like he had to hide to do it. And uh, Gideon's, Gideon's story uh, starts in Judges 6 but the angel of the Lord came to Gideon as he's threshing this wheat. And his, his uh, introduction, so to speak, um, let me find the verse. In verse 12, said, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon's hiding. How can you feel like you're a man of val- val- valor and... If you're hiding and you're so scared that the enemy is coming to get you. And further down in verse 15, he said to the angel, "Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And God continues to say to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. You know, here's a story of someone who saw what he was capable of doing, which was hiding, and versus what God saw him as a mighty man of valor, and Gideon turned out to be that man of valor that God saw him to be. And that's what we are just talking about.
0: Awesome, awesome. Very good. Very good. Well, let's go ahead and continue reading uh, and get some more what I could say the bones here,
1: so. We don't remember most information given to us. That's why a lot of educational methods are not effective. Our imaginations, however, can help us understand abstract concepts like mathematics. For example, some people struggle with comprehending math, but a good teacher will illustrate math problems in a way that helps students understand. Instead of teaching 1 plus 1 equals 2 and 2 plus 2 equals 4, it's better to teach I've got two apples, and if I put two more with them, how many apples will I have? By drawing a word picture, that the teacher helps the students visualize a concept. When you hear the word apple, you don't envision the letters A-P-P-L-E. Instead, you see a mental image of an apple. Some of you might see a green apple while others may see a red one. But the word apple still brings an image of an apple to mind. I could change your picture of an apple by using specific words. For instance, if I said a big, red, juicy apple, your mental image of the apple would change to envision these adjectives. Words paint pictures. Nothing can be built without an imagination. Architects use blueprints to show builders how to construct what they have imagined. When we were designing buildings for our new campus in Woodland Park, Colorado, we spent hours discussing how we wanted the auditorium to look. Once we were able to picture what we wanted in our imaginations, the architects could draw up the blueprints for the builder. In Vietnam, our water came from water blivets. Most of you can't picture a water blivet, so you won't be able to remember it or describe it to others. Water blivets are black cylinder-shaped rubber containers with brass ends that were flown in on helicopters in 250, 500, and 1,000-gallon sizes. Each of these containers had a spigot on the end that we used to fill our canteens. As the water came out, the atmospheric pressure would collapse the blivet, flattening it then the helicopter would pick it up and carry it away. This may not present a perfect picture of a water blivet, but at least now you have some idea of what one is because you have an image to attach to it. You have something you can see. Have you ever wondered why people get epiphanies when they go to Israel? It's not because it was where Jesus walked or because there's a special anointing there. That's not it at all, it's because All of a sudden, they can see the things they tried to picture in their minds. Everything becomes real. Being on location engages the imagination. Once people see it, the Word comes alive to them. You have to get your imagination involved in order to take the limits off God. You can't see anything happen without your imagination. You have to use your imagination to start thinking and seeing bigger. If you can't see something on the inside, you won't be able to see it manifest in your life if you can't see yourself healed or imagine yourself healthy. You won't see healing manifest in your body. Take the limits off God by using your imagination as in a positive way to accomplish His purpose for your life.
0: All right, thank you, Shirley. So now we're we'll get, get into some of the I consider sort of meat on the bone here. Um, you know, again, we're talking about the uh, Don't Limit God, the manager Womack's book. We're in the last chapter, Imagination. And anyway, i just like some last points here, especially in this last paragraph Sherry just read. But, uh, you know, he's talking in general so far up to this point about imagination, how we just, we function with our imagination probably more than we realize. Uh, it's imagine. Yeah, you can be very powerful to learn anything. Not just to learn the material, so you can pass the test, but so you can retain the material. We, we, we you know, we work with uh, word pictures, you know, um, and whatnot. And so, uh, we're. Vi- I don't know. I'm very visual-minded, and I learn. I learn by hearing it. I learn by seeing it, um, and, and imagination can be very powerful. And he also makes a distinction, there's a difference between imagination and fantasizing. Uh, they're not the same thing. Uh, and so just because you fantasize about something and imagine something, it can be very, very different. You know, he uses an example, and I like it. You know, when someone says the word apple, we don't see the, the, the wording, the spelling of the word apple. If I say the word apple, a lot of us can visualize a red or green or a yellow apple, depending on uh, what comes to your mind. If I say dog, some of you think of a little tiny dog, some of you think of something like a German Shepherd or an Labrador or, or uh, uh, something of that nature, you know. So uh, uh, when I say the word cat, some of you might think of a, a gray cat or an a, a orange or black cat, or, you know, just what, what comes to mind for you. And so uh, we work with word pictures, you know. Um, when I say let's go home, and if I say that to a crowd of 100 people, Every one of you is going to think of your home. <laughs> uh, your home doesn't look like my home, and, and some, some people, going home is a very pleasant thing. For some people, because of their situation, going home is a not pleasant thing. Uh, if I say, you know, tomorrow's Monday, we've got to go to work, you know, some of you love your job, and you just can't, get, can't wait to it. Others will say, will think, uh, you know, oh, I, I, I hate my job, you know, and, and, and you're dreading Monday. And because of COVID, some other people are having some other thoughts about Monday because they wish they could go to work and whatnot. So, uh, you know, we work with him, and a lot of that is using our imaginations. And uh, he's using this to, to talk about imaginations as introductory to what he wants to get to. And talk about how we, uh, we don't, uh, don't want to limit God with our imaginations. And let me just reread <coughs> some of this last paragraph that Sherry just read. And as you have to get your imagination involved in order to take the limits off God, you can't see anything happen without your imagination. You have to use your imagination to start thinking and seeing bigger. If you can't see something on the outside, if you can't see something on the inside, you won't be able to see it manifest in your life. If you can't see yourself healed or imagine yourself healthy, you won't see healing manifest in your body. Take the the limits off of God by using your imagination in a positive way to accomplish His purpose for your life. Now, Andrew's going to develop his thought. He's just barely making his point here. So, uh, bear with him, you know. uh, Hear him out. But, you know, the Bible says, by His stripes you were healed. Then we need to take those words off the page and we need to apply it to our life. Regarding COVID, regarding uh, cancer, regarding something simple as a headache or a toothache or, or whatever the case may be. If you're if you're injured, if you're sick, if you're dealing with something, you can take the words that God God and His promise and you can imagine yourself whole. I don't just see myself healed. I see myself walking in what I call divine health. I have not been sick with anything since two thousand nine. And so I and I, I don't I ha, you know, I don't see myself getting sick. And I I refuse to get sick. And I'm not going to participate in it. And if by chance I do get something, I'm going to fight it with the word of God and I'm going to see myself home. I'm not going to see myself sick. I don't see myself with the flu or common cold or COVID or anything else. I just don't see it. I don't participate in that. Uh, There's some other things that we can, you know, uh, associate with ourselves. Uh, you know, uh, here's another example I can just give. You know, we in 2009, between 2009 and 2013, Sherry and I lost everything, and it was a very uh, troubling time for us financially. It was embarrassing for one. Uh, you know, it just uh, it was a very long season so we lost everything, and uh, in up times times since then, we've actually done better financially. since 2013, there so were the last seven years, and we've done in all of our lives put together. We're we uh, so this year we're celebrating 20 years as of May, and uh, you know so the, the our, all 20 years up for those four years between 2009 to um, 2013. Actually, that's yeah, that's four years. So uh, we we you know we we done better in this last seven years than we've done in the last 13 first 13 years all put together uh, financially. But there's been times. And there's even been a, a more current situation uh, regarding our housing situation that, that, you know, if things didn't go well, we could very fast be in a position where we were just seven years ago. And uh, sometimes it just takes one dynamic to the financial equation of our budget to to even think that, you know what, I'm not going back to you. 2009. I'm not going back to that that period where we lost everything. And there's been times I'll I'll be honest with you that that thought came to mind, and I just uh I, you know, but I but I have to change my thinking. I'm not going back. I'm not gonna the worry. I'm not gonna be anxious. I'm not gonna be be worrying uh, that we're gonna replay 2009, 2013. That period, well, you know, where we lost our home, we lost our car, we lost everything, we lost our jobs, everything. You know, no. I, I God says, my God shall supply your needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And there's many verses about God being our provider. <coughs> Excuse me, for God meeting our needs, God being our provider, what I would have just said. You know, and so I'm going to imagine God m- m- uh, meeting our needs uh, with our with our job and with our. With our, uh, our church and different things, and so I'm going to imagine ourselves provided for. I'm going to imagine ourselves taken care of, and we're working on different things right now to bring multiple streams of income so that we we, we are going to be okay. We are we are in a situation still where where something has been t- kind of challenging, but God has provided, and uh, and we're still and we have actually uh, some people helping take care of us for, to a little bit um, to help make, meet those needs to a certain level. But, you know, and we appreciate that by all means. At the same point in time, we, we, we don't want to be dependent on them forever. We know that God's going to make us self-sufficient in that way. Uh, and so we, we're working on things to, to better that income, you know. And so, anyway, uh, so we, we have our part to do. We have our part to be responsible. But but even then, even then, with all our jobs, businesses, church, ministry, God's our provider. Not our employer, not our business, not a paycheck, not our client, not our customer. God's our provider. But I see ourselves, I don't see as, the, for example, as a church, I don't see the offering plate our people who give online. I don't see our, our merchant account uh, as being our source of income. I see God being our source of income. I don't see Sherry's job uh, as being a source of income. I see God as our source of income. She works her job. She does it well. She, she does very good actually just a couple weeks ago she got a, a nice raise you know and so uh you know we will, we will we will work diligently we will work with our hands but God says in Psalm 90 verse 17 that his beauty will bless the hands excuse me that his beauty will bless the work of our hands for us and so God's our provider God's our source uh, we're working on different things uh, trying to get some uh, foreign exchange students in, in our our two extra rooms here, and we're working on diligence, and <clears throat> our application has been accepted, and now we're just waiting for the students to come. And so, you know, we just we're working on different things to to do this. But, but even then, the students are not our source of income. God is our source of income. We don't see ourselves struggling; we see ourselves blessed to be a blessing. Got yeah, God, because that's the the promise God has made to us. That's to God. That's the promise. Uh, that God has made to Abraham, and and the Bible says in, in Galatians chapter three that verse twenty nine of we are Christ and we are Abraham's seed, and so the blessings made to Abraham have been made to us as well. And He says that we are blessed to be a blessing all, to all the families of the earth. And so I see ourselves blessed. I don't see ourselves sick. I don't see ourselves with lack. And even when when troubles come, the Bible says that that. Uh, uh, I'm, the verse in Psalm 34, I want to say verse 17 or something in that neighborhood, but, you know, God hears the cries of the righteous. God takes care of all of our needs and He delivers us out of every trouble. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, Second Corinthians 5, 21. And God will take care of all of our needs. He will take us to care of all of our troubles. Just because we, we are righteous, just because God's our provider. Just because God's our healer doesn't mean that we don't go through this. But when we do go to things, if by chance we do encounter things, including sickness, including uh, lack or circumstance coming our way, we have an antidote, we have a savior, we have a healer, we have a provider that we can go to, uh, not worrying about the things that we need but seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and knowing that he said all these things will be added to you. He even says in Matthew chapter 6, don't give thought to what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear. For even your heavenly father knows that you need these, but first seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Our job is to seek first the kingdom of God. Our job is to seek him. Our job is to be about our father's business. Our father... That's our job, and he will take care of the rest. Our job is to do our jobs and work, and, and, and to work, and do our jobs with diligence and with excellence. But even then, uh, it's not our excellence. We're not our own providers. Yeah, God gave us the strength. God gives us the health. God gives us the, the mind power, and we're getting into the imagination to even do our jobs. Without, you know, if we didn't have a clear mindset, if we weren't, have some sanity in our minds. To have a good imagination, we can do any of our jobs. We can do anything. We can uh, take care of our car- We can take care of ourselves. But everything that we have, every good and perfect gift, comes from Him. Anyway, I'm trying to steer us back now to imagination. God's given us an imagination, but we can limit God by doing the opposite. Of what I just said. If we are worried about COVID, if we're worried about sicknesses. And I'm not saying we don't need to be smart. I'm not saying we don't need to be wise. But I'm talking about worry. I'm talking about stress. I'm talking about anxiety. That's not God. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but power of love and a sound mind. Fear is not from God. God did not give us fear. I'm not talking about, there's two kinds of fear. There's a fear of God. There's a reverence and an honor and respect for Him and His Word. But there's also a fear of being afraid of God, being afraid of sickness, being afraid. That if that's, not, that's not how we're supposed to operate. No, we operate with faith. <clears throat> and so, not with fear. And uh, uh, he, you know, he, again, I just quoted from Timothy, he did not give us a spirit of fear, of a power, love, and a sound mind. Love. I know God's going to take care of my needs physically, financially, health-wise, because he loves me. And and so, anyway, I'm saying a lot of different things. I don't know if I'm making sense. But we have to use our imagination. We can't go down the road of of worrying about everything. No, just worry by itself, just stress by itself, just anxiety by itself is usually the the main ingredient, the main cause of almost every sickness there is. And so, uh, we're not going to worry about things. We're going to be smart. We're going to be wise. We're going to be respectful. But we're not going to worry about different things. Because I'm not going to uh, allow sicknesses to dictate what I can and cannot do. I'm going to tell my, my body different things and what it can and cannot do. By the, by the word of God. I'm healthy. I'm, I'm blessed. By his stripes I'm whole. And I, I can not only just be healed from any sickness or disease. I can walk in divine health. I don't have to live from miracle to miracle, I don't have to live from healing to healing. I can walk in divine hell where I'm whole. and if something were to by chance to come on. you know, I mean, I have, Like I said, I haven't been sick since 2009, at the same point in time, I had, there's been times I felt like my immune system was getting weak, I have a time, there's been times where I thought a scratchy throat of something was coming on or I just was a little more fatigued than normal. And I just got in the spirit, I prayed, I rebuked that thing, and I, I, I quoted the Word of God, I stood on the Word of God, and I said, I am not getting sick, I'm not getting whatever this is trying to come, I just stood my ground, I am not getting, and I didn't, and I didn't imagine myself sick and cold and, and calling off work, whatever the case may be. No, I saw myself healed. I saw myself the way the Word of God says I am. And I stood my ground, and I stood it. Just because I haven't been sick since that night doesn't mean I haven't fought for it. I mean there's times where I stood on and I imagined myself, well, same thing financially. There's some things when things have come against us, even recently, like I was just trying to communicate. But I said, no, that's not going to be our story. That's not going to be how it's going to go. We're not going to lose our home. We're not going to lose anything. God is my provider, and I'm going to use my imagination according to the Word of God. I'm just not, I'm not making stuff up. I'm going based on what the Word of God says I am, and about my circumstances and my situation. In other words, I'm not letting my circumstances affect my imagination. I'm letting the Word of God affect, affect my imagination. And therefore, I'm letting the Word of God tell my circumstances how it's going to be. I'm not letting the circumstances dictate my life. I'm letting the Word of God dictate my life. Does that make sense? And, uh, and so, and, but, the, but but either the Word of God or the circumstances or society can affect my imagination. The Bible says as the man thinketh, so is he. And I'm not going to think the way the world thinks. I'm not going to think the way circumstances want me to think. I'm going to think how God tells me to think. I'm going to think, and the Bible says, to be naturally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is, is life and peace. I'm going to think how God tells me to think. And that's how I'm going to allow my imagination to be affected. But that's not, that's not necessarily easy. That's not necessarily automatic. I have to train myself to do that. I have to train myself to sometimes shut out other voices and just hear God on the matter. And, it, and it's one thing to do it in the moment. It's one thing to do it when, when you just got a bad report or you're feeling ill or, or things are caving in. But when you have a lifestyle of letting this be the number one voice in your life, it's easier. It becomes easier. It becomes second nature. It becomes almost, in a sense, normal. And it, actually, that is normal. Being sick is not normal. Being without lack is not normal. That is not how God created us to be. That is not how God redeemed us to be. That's not a put down of anyone who's sick. That's not a put down of anyone who's struggling. But that is not normal. That is abnormal. That is not how God uh, (coughs) created things to be. The world says that. Even some of the Christian world thinks that's normal. To have a cold or flu once a year. I mean flu season. I don't believe him through the season. The Word of God does not teach that. Man has taught that. Man has, and the Word of God says, by your philosophies, you make the Word of God of no effect. I don't want to make the Word of God of no effect. Now, I'm going to let this dictate what my imaginations are going to be. And I don't see as sickness being a blessing from God. It's a curse. It came from the curse of sin. And Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. <coughs> it says in Galatians 3.13, Anyway, I'm saying a lot of different things. But I want the Word of God to to flood and dictate and consume and saturate my mind and my imaginations. Anything do you have to say? Uh,
1: just kind of to piggyback on what Dave was saying. You know, there, there's the good imagination where our thoughts, our imagination is on the Word of God. And that's what we think about. You know, we... Uh, Dave quoted the verse as a man thinketh, so is he. Well, you can be like Gideon and think, well, I'm the least of my father's household. Or you can think, God called me a mighty man of valor. That's who I am and dwell on that. You know, Dave talked about worry. You know, when you keep your focus on God, your imagination is set and meditating on God and his word, and that's when you're in perfect peace. He, um, my mind just went blank, so I, I'm not sure if I can quote it, but in Isaiah, I think it's 26.3, um, keep, keep he will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Dave, Dave quoted, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto us. You know, how many times... Have you or I gotten a pain or felt like we're coming down with something and our imagination immediately goes Is it the cold? Is it the flu? Is it cancer? Is it this? Is it that? And then all we think about is oh my gosh these symptoms and then we end up dealing with whatever our imaginations let us to to deal with instead of dealing with, wait a minute, I get my body's feeling like this, but God's Word says this, and start imagination going and dwelling on, well, God's Word says this, God's Word says, by His stripes I'm healed. God's Word says He will keep me in perfect peace when my mind is stayed on Him. And we meditate and we stick to God's Word. That's the imagination that we're supposed to, to dwell on. And instead of, imaginations can, can work the opposite and... And come against us, um, so that's just my piggyback on what Dave was trying to encourage us to, and and that's what part of what I believe Andrew's getting on on. Don't limit God. I can limit God by thinking, well, I'm not worth it. I'm not. I can't be a leader. I can't be a pastor. I can't minister to anyone, and that's where my imagination goes. Every. Testimony I have heard of someone conquering sickness or lack or whatever it is of their testimony. It's because they have basically drew a line in the sand saying, no, I am not taking that. I am taking what God's word says of me. God's word says I'm healed. God's word says this. God's word says that about my imagination or about about me. And they end up being... Conquers. They they have victory. You know, We, I, I laugh because we have someone um, who's in ministry, and it, it's a couple, and some of their stories are pretty funny, but they're so true to life. She was having some pain in her body, and her imagination immediately went to, oh my gosh, I have this horrible disease. And it turns out she just had a piece of, of clothing on too tight. You know, our, and but in that moment of before she realized what it was, her imagination went completely bonkers, and imagined some horrible thing. We need we need to watch that.
0: Well, let's read some more, Sherry. Uh, we use our imaginations to remember things.
1: <laughs> o oh, Lord, God of I- of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the imagination of the thoughts of the heart of thy people, and prepare their heart unto thee." 1 Chronicles 29.18 When David was close to dying, he called all of the people of Israel together and took up an offering to build the temple. David had given one or two billion dollars worth of gold from his personal wealth toward the temple. When he did that, the rest of the nation rose up. The people were so touched by David's giving that they started giving and altogether they took up an offering of over five billion dollars. David began praising God and said, "'God, who are we?' Then he went back and recounted how they had come out of Egypt as slaves, but had gotten to where they were able to give such a generous offering. All they did was take the blessing that God had already given them and give it back. When David asked God to keep this forever in the imagination of the hearts of the people, He was saying, don't let them forget it. Memory is also tied to imagination, from simple things like remembering where we parked our cars to recalling the neighborhoods we grew up in. Our memory functions off our imaginations. Most of us don't write down where we parked our cars every time we go somewhere. We just have a mental image of where we left it. This is how we remember things. We can't remember anything we can't picture or imagine. We really can't understand something unless we can picture it in our minds. That's why people say a picture is worth a thousand words. If we can picture something, we can have it or do it.
0: You know, uh, there's there's so many things I can piggyback on this, but uh, uh, I want to keep going forward. But, uh, you know, that's how I remember things. You know, a lot of people, uh, and I can can tie this uh, to, again, a lot of different things, but memory. You know, I did, as a child, memorize a lot of verses. One, I was encouraged to by both my parents as well as my, my, my Sunday school teachers' pastors. And, and I, I'm, all, I'm all for that. I, I think that's all a good thing. And I did memorize those verses for the moment to get the pride, get the star. I even got a trophy one time, a free trip to Knott's Berry Farm with an amusement park near us at the time. But, you know, and I got some awards. But, uh, but you know... Um, and I remember those things for the moments, but the verses I memorized the most are not the ones I even intentionally try to memorize. It, and this is just me speaking. This might not work for you, but this is just me. But the but because I've studied them over and over and over, and I talked about them, I chewed on them, I mowed over, I I just I just digested it. It's like a cow chewing chewing its cud. I just. Chewed it over and over and over again, time and upside down, backwards. Studied it and whatnot over and over again. Just used it, just chewed on, meditated on His Word. You know, He's she quoted from Isaiah 26:3. He will keep in perfect peace whose mind stayed upon me. You know, if we study something, if we use something over and over again, we will remember it. You know, when I used to work at a bank. Uh, my bank manager, he said, do something the same way every single time. That repetition will help you remember what, not only what to do so you don't make a mistake, but two, it will also hold up in court because you can say, you can easily say, I do the same thing every single time, and that will hold up in court. At least that's what she told me. But anyway, um, uh, same thing happens with other people. Some people with sports, they 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 study certain people's stats over and over and over again and they just know it leftwards and backwards. Some people know who, who won last year's World Series because they've talked about it and they just know it. I don't even know who played last year. You know, I mean that's not necessarily a bad or good thing on either side of that. I just I just don't I don't I don't do sports so much anymore. And so I don't even know who's playing, you know, and I don't think it's a bad or good thing either way, but I'm trying to make a point is that with our imaginations, we remember things through word pictures. We remember things that we do over and over again. If you really want to get this word of God in your heart, spend time with it. Read it over and over again. You'll memorize it. You might not remember every word for word per se all the time. You might not. I don't remember all the scriptures word for word. Sometimes they're a paraphrase. Uh, You know, um, but you'll get the point, you'll get the message, you'll get the verse, but you you spend time in the word like you'd spend time with sports or or a particular hobby or vocation that you have to know terms you'll you'll you'll, you'll get to know it. you know I learned things in school like from algebra and science and stuff. I don't use those things. I forgot them. I can relearn them again. I don't have any desire to, uh, but I could relearn a lot out again. if I learned it once, I can learn it twice uh. But I didn't learn it, in, in a sense that I retained it. I didn't learn it, I just learned it enough to pass the test. I didn't really learn it because I did never used it. Uh, second, I didn't have any value towards it, so, uh, you know, that was just my own attitude problem. Uh, but at the same point in time, you can remember things that you use. You can remember things that you value. Some people might have to do different techniques, that's fine, nothing wrong with that. But it's, I don't think it's so much uh, the technique as it is that uh, you're uh, remembering over and over again. And I think word pictures are the best way to remember something. You know, uh, anyway, I just, uh, when imaginations help you, not all, in many ways, but one of the things they do, they help you remember. And, uh, uh, and, and because what, what's the importance of remembrance? Remembrance is also, you know, we have the Holy Spirit. He will bring things to remembrance as well. So we have in our back. But that's another way of getting this word hidden in our heart. That we remember it when when, when, a trial comes up, when a situation comes up, when a circumstance comes up, when a, a tragedy comes up, we will know what to do. We will know what the Word of God says because we have his word hidden in our heart. Not just our mind. Not just a tool that we memorize, but we have it hidden in our heart. And that's deeper. And so, uh, And so... But getting in our mind is a is a step to getting it into our heart. So that's why I'm not downplaying that. Uh, you know. But you know, if you can re- if you can if you can remember stats, you can remember scripture. If you can remember other things, you can remember scripture. You can remember re- there's some recipes Sherry can make without pulling out the recipe because she's done that recipe over and over and over again. She just knows that recipe. You know. There's certain recipes I can do. That I've done that I don't need a recipe uh, for. I can just do it because I've done it over and over again. There's a certain tasks I do because I've done it over and over and over again. The first time through, I might have had to read the instructions a few times. But uh, after a while, I just know how to do it because there's certain things I've done at work where I had to have some cheat sheets uh, for a job because I needed to know how to input something in the computer or whatever the case would be. But when through repetition, I would remember things. and. Uh, and, and Okay, let's read some more. Can you see? I was seeing yeah, something. I'm good.
1: Okay. I once heard a story about a pastor's wife who was legally blind. Her glasses were so thick that they looked like the bottom of a soda bottle. A healing evangelist was preaching at their church one day, and she was trying to avoid him. Many people had prayed for her eyes in the past. However, she was never healed, so she didn't want to receive prayer again. But the healing evangelist cornered her at one of the services and said, I want to pray for you. He made her take her glasses off and commanded her eyes to be healed. When he was done, he asked, Can you see? The woman started to open her eyes to check her vision, but the healing evangelist stopped her. Shut your eyes, he ordered, and she shut her eyes quickly. Can you see? he asked. As soon as she started to open her eyes, he commanded, Shut your eyes. When they repeated the same exchange a third time, she stood there confused and with her eyes closed, wondering, what is this man doing? How can I tell if I can see if I don't open my eyes? Then she heard the evangelist say, I didn't tell you to open your eyes. You have to see yourself seen on the inside before you can see on the outside. You have to see yourself healed. She stood there with her eyes closed, thinking about what he said. Within a few minutes, she understood. He was basically asking, in your imagination, are you blind or can you see? She prayed in tongues for a while and finally said, I can see myself seeing. Now open your eyes, he told her. When she opened her eyes, her vision was perfect. She was healed.
0: I love this section of this book, of this chapter anyway. You know... Here, I don't know if you heard everything Sherry just read, but this, this, this person who had a bad eyesight, she had such thick glasses that were just really thick, but she had poor eyesight. And this evangelist was praying for her, and she, he prayed for her, he said, I want you to close your eyes. And then he would ask her, can you see? Now as, as she, she tried to open her eyes, she, the evangelist would t- t- tell her to keep her eyes closed. And But this would go over and over multiple times where uh, he would ask if she could see. She, she would, he would tell her to keep her eyes closed, ask if she could see, and as she tried to open her eyes, he told her to keep them closed. But he would keep asking her, can you see? Again, this point is, he was trying to get her to see with in, in her imagination, to see herself healed, to see herself with perfect vision. She needed to see herself healed before, in the in the inside, in her imagination, before she saw herself healed on the outside yeah, with her physical eyes. You know, and, and that's powerful. We, by what authority, by what means can we see ourselves healed on the inside before we see the Word of God? He says, by His stripes we were healed. It also says, and I'll turn real quick here to Psalm 103 verse 5, and I love this this passage of Scripture, but Psalm 103, verse 5, and it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits, who forgives all of your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases. It says, doesn't one of our benefits of of, of being blessed by God is that all of our diseases are healed and all of our iniquities are forgiven. Your forgiveness, your salvation is as inclusive as your healing. It's all part of the same benefits that we are as being blessed as the people of God. And, uh, and I can see myself healed. I can see myself provided for on Sunday mornings, in a few weeks, I'm going to be starting a new series on the, the, the names of God. And I, I, I've titled this, I'm I've titling this series, God Revealed. And I'm going to be going over, the God has a lot of names, but seven in particular I'm going to be going over. I'm called, they're also called the seven redemptive names of God. For example, El Shaddai, he is our provider. There's one that talked about him being our banner, one being our healer, one being our righteousness. And there's seven names I'm going to go over. There's many more names of God as well. That people have called him. He, he's our king. He's our savior. He's our healer. Well enough. But but anyway, I'm trying to reveal God because when I'm revealing God, that's who he is. Healing is who our God is. He's our healer. He's our savior. He's our king. He's our provider. He's our banner. He's our God. And, and that's what he does. That's his nature. And I can imagine myself healed because my healer, I can trust my healer. I can trust him. And I need to see myself healed. I need to see myself walking in divine health. I need to see myself walking in divine provision. That God is my provider. I believe that I can do what God has called me to do. And I can be who God has called me to be. Because His provisions are there. And His His wisdom is there. And I can have the wisdom I need. I can have everything I need to do what God's called me to do. Because God says He will never leave me or forsake me. And God will provide for me. I believe that as I go forward and, and want to feed the multitude, God will help me feed the, the, the multiply the fish and the loaves if I need to. He'll help me to walk on water if I need to. He'll, he'll, if He tells me to walk around a wall seven times, and on the seventh day walk seven times and give a shout, I believe the walls are going to come down because He said it. And there's so many promises. All the promises of God are yes in Him and Amen in Him. To the glory of God, by, to the glory of God by us or through us. I can, I can, I need to let the Word of God paint a picture of how I'm supposed to live this life, physically, financially, uh, relationally, in every which way. Because this Word tells me how to live this life as a spouse, as parents, as grandparents. Some of you. Uh, as workers, or employers or employees, uh, whether I own a business or whether I'm employed or, 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 or a manager of a business. God tells me how to live this life and I can see myself doing what God calls me to do. Sherry's brought up the, uh, Gideon a couple times tonight. Gideon saw himself as weak, but God saw him as a mighty man of power. We need to see ourselves the way God sees us. When we see ourselves different, then what God sees us, that's pride. And let that sink in for a moment. You know, when we see ourselves different than how God sees us, we shouldn't see ourselves ha- haughtier than what God says we are. We shouldn't be arrogant. But we also shouldn't see ourselves below what God sees we are. That's not healthy other. That's not right. That's not right. That is selfish. Because when you see yourselves better than God sees you, or you see yourselves worse than God sees you, you are self-centered you got to focus on you, not God. You, it's healthy to see yourself the way God sees you. When David came on the scene of Goliath, he saw himself in a covenant relationship with God. He came across as haughty to his brother, King Kaki. But to God, he was the most humble person on that scene. Because King Saul and the armies of Israel were focused on their own weakness. And they were wallowing in fear for 40 days. But David heard the, 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 the taunting of Goliath. And he said, how dare this uncircumcised Philistine defy the armies of the living God? How dare COVID or any sickness defy you, the armies of the living God? How dare a lack and, and different things or any type of sickness defy the armies of the living God? You are... David was in the covenant relationship with God. But you and I who have received Jesus Christ, we are in a better covenant. Hebrews 8, 9, and 10, the whole book of Hebrews for that matter, talks about a better covenant that we are in because of Jesus. And we can come on the scene of anything that we face with by using our imagination and seeing us have the victory. David imagined Goliath falling down that day. Not 40 more days. Not after he left. But Goliath was coming down the day. And he saw himself victorious. And the Bible says we need to see ourselves victorious in, in Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2 talks about how we were born into victory in Christ Jesus. <coughs> There's over 300 scriptures in the New Testament that says who we are in Christ. You know, let, uh, you know, let me just go here real quick. Go with me to, to Philemon chapter, um, Philemon chapter, uh, there's only one chapter. <laughs> Sorry. Philemon verse 6.
1: Just before Hebrews.
0: Okay. Sorry, my phone's taking too long. I'm just going to go the old-fashioned way. My Bible. By Lehman, verse 6, I wanted to get the King James. I have the New King James here. But it says that the, the sharing or the communication of your faith may become effectual or effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. Your faith is effectual as you acknowledge every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. You're not going to acknowledge every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus if you're not imagining it. You have, it's not just saying the right words. You need to imagine yourself healed. You need to imagine yourself the way God says you are. You are a mighty man of valor, a mighty woman of valor that would be you. You need to see yourself the way God sees you, that you can do what God says you can do, and you can be who God says you can be. That's how we are supposed to be. He, He says that the communication of your faith becomes effectual as you acknowledge every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. We need to acknowledge every good thing. We need to acknowledge every good thing that's in us in Christ Jesus he says our faith will become affectionate. Um, are we on time? Well, we're basically out of time. So um, I think we're going to wrap it up here. And uh, we'll pick it up here next week when we come back. Um, thank you, you for joining us. Um, did you need it in the King James? No. Okay. Uh, so again, we were doing the Bible saying, don't limit God. Uh, by Andrew Womack and we'll we'll pick it up next week uh, right here, uh, 6 o'clock next week on Sunday and so anyway, let me just pray you out Lord, we just thank you for your word we glorify you, we magnify you in order to help us to have a healthy imagination of who we are and who you are and and Lord, help us to acknowledge every good thing that's in us in Christ Jesus bless us as we go, bless us week in every way, shape or form and Jesus, they would give you thanks. Amen, amen. God bless you. All right, have a good week. We'll see you next week.